you are listening to Fed by Ravens with Matt and Adam. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Adam. Welcome to day 225 and 226 of Fed by Ravens, where we are going through the scriptures, book by book. In a year. In a year. It's uh, a crazy task, but it's a worthwhile task. Yeah. I'm loving it. And I can't believe it. Oh, I'm hoping people <laughs> listen to this in 20 years and they won't know what ba-da-ba-ba-ba means. So we'll keep it a mystery for now. The uh, Where are we? Let's just get right into it. We are in the Old Testament. Just play me in. Let's do it. Stop talking. Our Old Testament reading for today is Ecclesiastes chapter 7 through chapter 12. Mm. And we will be finishing another amazing book today. I feel like Solomon writes this and he's like, Everything's meaningless. to the sun. Mm, Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. And then I think it feels like we'd have to go E-C-C-L-E-S-I-A-S T-E-E-S Ecclesiastes. <laughs> Woo! Alright. That's a bonus. Hopefully this is your first time listening and you think this happens every week. I assure you it doesn't. We're generally very serious here. Let's finish the book, bro. Yeah. Chapter 7. Um, what can I say? <laughs> he, he says, here's, here's some of my notes. Yes. It's just, you know, um, basically of all, all the lives, all, all of our lives, there's tons of ups and downs. Mm-hmm. And it's broken up into two categories, the wise person and the foolish person. Right. So as we engage... It's not there are going to be ups and downs. It's there are ups and downs. Mm -hmm. You can't escape seasons. Right. And uh, so the wise person will trust the Lord. And and when you're, there's these great, I mean, we could spend an hour going through each of his wise little sayings here. It is kind of like a a really cool, more narrative Proverbs. Mm -hmm. But um, basically what I picked up from chapter seven was, you know what? It's okay. It's actually good to feel sorrow and not laugh through all the you're down the things that are going wrong. Like I, mm-hmm. I see here he's saying you have permission to be in the moment and learn. When there's rebuke, when you've made mistakes, be sad. You're gonna mm-hmm. actually profit from that more than you are just going, whatever, it doesn't matter. And uh, but take those things to the Lord. And I had uh, patient in spirit is better than being proud. Wisdom is protection. I mean he even says wisdom is better than money. He'll say later wisdom is better than than weapons and protection, like wisdom. Yeah. Um, because the wisdom is, and here's the here's the magic key. Yeah. It all this everything belongs it down to all the days belong to the Lord. Mm-hmm. So the wisest thing you can think, the most protective, self-preserving thing you could ever think is to fear the Lord and say, Lord, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. Yeah, and again, yeah. So that's what I came down to. <laughs> yep. Sorry. You said everything about I do like the, he who pleases God escapes her, which is folly, um, but the sinner is taken by her. And again, I think it is very interesting reading this in light of 
he's writing this at the end of his life, and he's even reflecting on the mistakes that he's made, right? And recognizing, like, look, I've been led astray. Mm-hmm. I've worshipped other things. I've listened yeah. to uh, these women I've had, and I have followed them into idolatry, and it has lead led me into folly. I think, but in- I've been able to escape. Yes. That folly by falling on the fear of the Lord. And the Lord knows all of our schemes. Trust to him. There's just two verses that I think they're for someone today. Be not overly righteous and do not make yourself too wise. Why should you destroy yourself? And be not overly wicked, neither be a fool. Why should you die before your time? I mean, he gets so practical. Mm -hmm. It's like he's even saying things like be safe. Yeah. Like, put on your safety goggles. Don't be an idiot. Mm-hmm. Why should you die before? And don't be too righteous and too... And later, too, he'll talk about, you can search knowledge mm-hmm. and read books. It's endless. Mm-hmm. Like, at some point, like, just be wise. Well, so... Because, again, I think the temptation is to overthink that and be like, wait, what is he yeah. meaning? So we should be a little sinful. No, no, no. I think what he's saying is, just live in the moment. Yes, Absolutely. Trust the Lord, and then trust what's before you with the Lord, and you—that's wisdom. Because again, he kind of gets into this whole like, don't overthink things. Well, oh, and did you catch verse twenty? Surely there is not a righteous man on earth who does good and never sins. Yes. Which I see as a great. There will be one man, mm-hmm. and his name is Christ, and yes. he is the wisdom of God. But then uh, the last part in, in chapter seven that I want to make note of is. Do not take to heart all the things that people say, mm. lest you hear your servant cursing, cursing you. you. <laughs> and, then, and then it says, like, you, your heart knows that many times you yourself have cursed others. Yes. And then uh, it's somewhere he talks about a little bird, like, don't criticize oh, the king. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's later, yeah. Don't criticize the king. A little mm-hmm. bird might tell him. Mm-hmm. But I just like the practical wisdom of, you know what, don't search your uh, your your social media accounts too hard. Yeah. You don't listen to everything that's said. You've cursed others. Other people are working things out. No mm-hmm. one's sinless. Listen to the voice of God and right. the Son, Jesus Christ. Right. Don't get caught up in what other people think about you. It's so funny. Don't... Just... Such good... Yeah. That's so wise. It's yes. so hard to do. And then in chapter 8, he... I mean, it just is summed up by keep the king's command. Yeah. And the idea of, look, God set up authority. Respect that authority. There's safety in that authority. Yeah. Recognize that's from God and do your best to work under it. Yeah. And he says, don't worry about the wicked. It'll be well with those who trust God. Like you're mm-hmm. going to see the wicked. Like that's the cruelty and the vanity of our world is mm-hmm. you do everything wrong and you look blessed. Yeah. And you do everything right and you just walk through all these mm-hmm. valleys of death. It's like, what? Don't worry about that. It will be well with those who trust God. And then he has, again, every chapter I'm realizing he kind of works through be joyful. Joy is a gift of God. So yes. enjoy your labor. Enjoy. God is working harder than you can imagine. Mm-hmm. And instead of trying to figure everything out, the solution to trying to solve the problem of justice, and he's like, instead, just give thanks that God's holding everything together. Yes. Yes. That's chapter yeah. 8 for me. Chapter 8, verse 15. I commend joy, for man has no good thing under the sun but to eat and drink and be joyful. For this will go with him in his toil through the days of his life that God has given him under the sun. So, I don't know. For me, reading this, this time through reading it, mm-hmm. like it was actually a 
usually you walk away. I've walked away like a little confused, like why is this in the Bible? What's this doing here? Usually not uplifted. You kind walk of away like, mumbling. Yeah, kind of like this is kind of a bummer. It's all but, vain. What's the point? Mm-hmm. But this time reading it today. It, yeah. I was like, whoa, this is really good. This is feeding me yes. because I'm going and going, I'm walking away and I'm praying, Lord, I just want to enjoy the work you give me. Right. Honestly, when it comes down to it, that's really all I want. Think about this. What horrible work were you engaged in? Let's think, like, what was the big stressor three years ago on this day? Do you even remember? No. Four years ago, five years ago. And five years ago, we, you were engaged in something. I'm not saying specifically. I don't know. I just know I was. There was something that I was so worried about and toiling. And I'm going to have to just miss out on something. Mm-hmm. It was the biggest thing. And then like even a couple years later, it's like it adds up. Like We make decisions. There's wisdom. So every day matters. But really, what was the big thing? And you look back, you're like, well, the big thing is I'm glad that I've loved my wife and mm-hmm. my children. I'm glad I've been faithful and I'm glad I've still loved the right. Lord and all these other things. And that's how I feel like I'm reading it this time going, this is not a nihilistic, uh, nothing matters. In fact, it's, I'm a guy in a position who's experienced everything. And I'm just telling you, it's not as big as you think. And it's yeah. also not as small as you think. All that matters is you got to invite the Lord into everything and because he is joy. Yeah. And in, and it, the joy the actual ability to enjoy anything is a gift. Right. From God himself. So ask him for that. So Lord, give us joy in our work today. Give yeah. us joy with the person we can't stand at work today. Give us joy in the failures of our parenting, that our failures keep looking at us and demanding from us. Mm-hmm. and Let us see our kids the way you see, you know, on and on. Well, then he gets chapter nine, which is death comes to all. Like he's not, there's no holds barred. He's like, look, the reality is yes. no one escapes death. And we just get used to living under its reign and its rule, and we act like it doesn't exist until it does, and then we're shocked. Mm-hmm. I can't believe he's too young to go. I can't believe this happened. Why? Right. No, because we haven't thought deeply or taken it seriously. Right. Otherwise, maybe we would have tried to find the God, the creator of life, and seek him out to find life beyond death, but we don't. And that's why, again, he's like, um, everything will kind of come and go. It's the old mm-hmm. preacher saying you can't take a U-Haul. When you die, there's never a U-Haul with all the toys and everything. Mm-hmm. And so he's, again, saying, ask the Lord for joy in this life. Mm-hmm. And you can't really make sense of who dies and when they die. And every time, he has a line in there about, we're like fish caught in a snare. Mm-hmm. So like when fish are caught in a net, they're, I'm sure their little fish faces are like, what? What's going on? Mm-hmm. How did this happen? And that's how death is for us. Right. It's like, what? And... Uh, He's like, wisdom, and this is where he's like, this is the wisdom that's better than weapons. Um, trust the Lord. Enjoy your life. Right. Wisdom is better than folly. Mm-hmm. Then he goes on to chapter 10, and I, I have to say this verse. I think it's funny. A wise man's heart inclines him to the right, but a fool's heart to the left. You know, it's a good thing that most politicians don't read the Bible carefully <laughs> because the Republicans, could this could be their slogan. <laughs> And then you get all the people who believe the Bible. Like, whoa, the Bible says a wise man inclines him to the right. Obviously, this means the Republicans. And a fool's heart to the left. It's funny. That would be a good example of just taking the Bible as some kind of eight ball. Very literal. Yeah, well, not even literal. And it's genres, wisdom. This would be applying it um, falsely to your specific... Like political. Yeah, it's funny. 
But let's just be honest, you know. <laughs> the right is more conservative. Anyway, I thought it was funny. It was funny. Um, be wise about dangerous stuff. Oh, verse 20 is where it's the little bird. Have you ever wondered where that phrase comes from? A little birdie told me. Mm-hmm. And literally he says, even in your thoughts do not curse the king, nor in your bedroom curse the rich. For a bird of the air will carry your voice, or some winged creature tell the matter. And so mm-hmm. as a king, you know, it always gets back to you like, hey, uh, Matt, Matt was kind of upset about what you made for breakfast this morning. Or he's upset. He felt like uh, he didn't get what, what the other Matt got. Anyway, it's pretty funny. And that's the truth if you've lived. Like, it's just, again, um, be wise. So, okay, so I really enjoyed chapter 11. Yes. So chapter 11 is really cool because he's going, look, recognize oh, yeah. that you cannot control the seasons. You cannot bank on anything actually happening. So don't overthink things. Yes. Do what's in front of you. If you are, if it's the season of planting, plant. Don't try to wait for the perfect right time. Oh, man. And, and when to plant. And like, I think mm-hmm. it's going to rain at this hour. Like, don't think about it. Just if you have seed in your hand, cast it. Well, that's what he's, yeah. Cast your bread upon the waters for you will find it many, after many days. And I realized that's a trading thing. Yeah. Like you're going to put all your work on a boat and hope that you get paid for it later. When I did mission work in Guatemala, mm-hmm. you'd get all the coffee, and by the time you had it, then the bad guys would promise you $800, which right. is what you need to live for, and they'd give you 200 instead. Right. And so it was very precarious, and like, oh, we did all this work, are we going to get anything back? And he knows this, and he says, you, there's always going to be uncertainty, Yeah. but if you wait for the perfect time to get married, wait for the perfect time to have a baby, wait for the perfect time to make that start your new career or whatever, mm-hmm. it's like you'll overthink it and you'll never do it because we're surrounded by uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, and then who knows? You'll probably, like, you could die the next day. Right. So live as if today is the last. So be generous. Right. Do the work in front of you. Love people. Love like, people. Yes, it's risky. Spend you, time. They might not return it, but that's okay. Life's short. And at the end, he's like, uh, know that God will judge us all. Yeah. We have a joyous future. It's in God's hands, not in yours. So the whole world does not depend on whether you, uh, you know, give a little bit more to church and now you think you're not going to live or something. Not God's in control. Yeah. Trust the Lord. Just trust the Lord. Do what's I in like front that of you. Too. And it's just a very sweet, like, please stop overthinking everything and waiting, like, trying to manipulate well, God and the oracles and trying to figure out what's look, the perfect time to do anything. There is no perfect dude, time. Dude, I look back over my life and we've, my wife and I have made so many decisions that were crazy at the time, mm-hmm. but it's like what we wanted to do and we asked the Lord and we didn't know for sure and we just did it. And I look back now, not even thinking about it and going, oh wow, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. We had some nerve doing that. We could have gone broke doing that. We put yeah. our kids in Christian school for a while. We don't have the money mm-hmm. for that, but somehow God provides. And I think that's what he's saying is that's the benefit of trusting the Lord. It's like, life's uncertain anyway. Yeah. Um, and with wisdom, you're not, you know, you're not going into $100,000 of school debt or anything. I wouldn't recommend that. That's just wisdom. But with the Lord, you do your work, you make decisions, and you trust Him. Yeah. And then we end up with chapter 12, which is, again, he's like, look, reflect on God, reflect mm-hmm. on everything He's given you. Remember, even in your youth, Remember yeah. God. Yes. Remember in your prosperity, in that high point, don't f- don't turn away from God. Remember yeah. that he's given you all of this. Reflect on it. Enjoy your youth, but remember that you're going to have to answer to him for everything right. that you've done. 
and but enjoy it. Life under the under the sun, under Jesus. Remember your Creator. He had this great thing about old age too. Did you catch all that? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's all this imagery about um, when the grinders cease because they are few. It's like mm-hmm. your teeth. Yes. And those who look through windows are dim. Your eyes are gone. And then um, the sound of of grinding is low. One rises up at the sound of a bird. I just like that because it's like as you get older, you wake up, you can't sleep good, you can't mm-hmm. chew good, you can't mm-hmm. see good. You're getting old, and you're like, even the grasshopper drags itself along, which yeah. is, it's like you don't have mobility the energy. Is yeah, gone. You, yeah, your mobility is gone, and everything. And you, and the silver cord before the silver cord is snapped, or the golden bowl is broken, or the pitcher is shattered at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern, and the dust returns to earth as it was. And the spirit returns to God who gave it. Vanity of vanities. So he's like, even at the end of your life, you're going to understand even more clearly how everything has the chance to be a breath. Mm -hmm. It went so quick. Yeah. I mean, and then you're like falling apart. But I feel like he, he finishes the whole book here by saying, you don't have to lose your joy there. Right. You don't forego joy when you're young because it's like, oh, live it up. And you don't forego joy when you're old and things are winding down. Mm-hmm. You trust the Lord through it all. And you don't get wrapped up in getting too much wisdom and too much knowledge and trying to answer all the questions. You trust the Lord. And, um, and they are given by one shepherd, like he has this idea of a shepherd, about the words of God. Basically, he comes to the end of it. And he even says, the end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. No. I was thinking about that, and I was like, how is that not the the chief end of man is to fear God and keep his commandments? I know, because people think like, oh, it's uh, too legalistic or something. Uh, Yeah, I mean, but that's like... But that's because you That's neatly summed up in Ecclesiastes. Like, if you're looking for, what is the purpose of life? Fear God and keep his commandments. Right, because... And he will give you some joy in your work. Well, and that's the meaning of life. You want to find meaning and impact and community and all that stuff... You fear the Lord, which means you have this relationship where mm-hmm. I care. Like I care I, about what God thinks. I fear my wife, not like I'm scared of her, but like, yeah, I, I care. I fear of losing the relationship. Right. And I want to be do life with yeah. her. So fear God, want to do life with him, and then obey his commandments. And you realize his commandments are so big, it's not, he's not getting involved in the nitty gritty. He's right. like, work out not worshiping another God. Work out keeping the Sabbath. Work out not murdering or mm-hmm. stealing. Or these are broad things that in relationship with God... They start to describe you. Um, it's not necessarily a, um, a prescription for being saved. I think that's why it's cool. He understands, fear God, and then walk in the way he gives life, Yeah, which is through his commandments. The law is life-giving, but the gospel is you're forgiven for not keeping the law, and you've broken the law, but you get to maintain relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That's the beauty of this whole thing. So we can hear this and go, oh, keep fear God and keep his commandments. Oh, no. I've kind of failed at both. Well, if you fear God, you come to him through the Son, mm-hmm. and you're like, will you forgive me, Lord, for breaking your commandments and thought, word, and deed by things I've done and left undone? It's like I've given you my son to die for you. For his sake, your sins are forgiven. This is the chief end of man. Yeah. So reading this and reflecting on why does this give me so much comfort yeah. this time through is recognizing there is within this this search of meaning yes. and purpose and identity. And to just boil it all down to fear God, keep his commandments, and ask him to just give you some joy in your work. Yes. All of a sudden, everything becomes a lot more simple. It does. That's like, oh. And freeing. 
that's attainable. I don't have to go out and create it or do something crazy or big or whatever. It's just I'm going to do the work that's in front of me. I'm going to invite God into it. I'm going to have this relationship and enjoy everything I, I'm and given. And the complexity of it is up to God. It's beautiful because mm-hmm. what he's not saying is, so just stay at your horrible job. Continue to be a slave. Yeah. It's actually freeing you up to go, oh, God will be with me here or he'll be with me there. Yeah. And if I'm unsatisfied with this job, I'm free to go and look for another one and Lord, you'll lead me or you won't and you'll make this one better or you'll, open, you know, I mean, you're t- it's total freedom mm-hmm. to instead of giving all the power to your job or to your marriage or to your kids or to whatever it is mm-hmm. and being a slave to it, this frees you up to be with the God of the universe in it. And that's where the only shot for joy comes from. Yes. Otherwise, it's dependent on all sorts of people and that's why we end up angry and bitter. <laughs> well, thanks, Solomon. I guess yeah. next time we talk, we'll be getting back into the Chronicles of Solomon. Yeah. But this was a really cool book. Yeah, it was. We're good. All right, where are we in the New Testament, Matt? Our New Testament reading for today is 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 36 through chapter 9, verse 18. Yeah, so we're, we're wrapping up the discussion on uh, marriage and singleness and what that all looks like. And Paul's, again, this is just like, this whole reading has been kind of like a Proverbs practical... It's the application. Christ, practical Christian wisdom to live by. and That's all we want. Just tell me what to do. And yeah. And Paul does. And you're like, I don't like that. <laughs> what else can I do? Yeah. So you're saying I can live with my girlfriend. No, actually, if anyone thinks that he's not behaving properly towards his betrothed, right. sorry, yeah. I had to no, and lead this us is, right into. This is one of the sections where um, Paul's not directly addressing people living together because he assumes you understand that's fornication. Uh-huh. And so his address here is for the unity of the church. Uh-huh. And he's answering their questions because they're starting to go, wait, so it's better to be married, right? It's better to, uh, or is it better to not be married? Should we divorce our unsaved because we just converted. Right. And then, then are we more holy? What's the right way to go? And so Paul's like assuming they know certain things and addressing specific questions. And in 36, I mean, he straight up, he just says... Um, Look, if your say? passions are strong and it has to be, then get married. Right. Let, so that, that you can't... You're not living in sin. Yeah. So look, it's perfectly normal for you to have passions, to be attracted to the opposite sex and want to be intimate. But... The normal way for that is in marriage, and the godly way for that is marriage. So then get married. But if you have this gift of celibacy, Mm -hmm. and you can live without being drawn by your passions into sin, do that. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think is frustrating for people, and at least my experience with people, especially at seminary, you meet some single guys, and they're like, they're really wrestling with, am I called to celibacy or not celibacy, or should I? And, And I'm going, you know, it's kind of an easy question. How are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Like, or, do you want to be married? Like, is it hard for you to not be married? Are you getting drawn into relationships and it's going in a sexual way? I mean, the other thing is, is how are you doing right now? Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's not a permanent call in your life. Right. Like, I think that's what we get caught up on. It's, it's an all or nothing. We have this all or nothing mentality. And so it's either I am called to be married forever or I'm called to be married, or I'm called to be celibate forever. Well, I mean, it's you like, are called to be married forever, right? Well, yes, but I mean, in the case of like, oh, your spouse dies or yes. passes away, like, 
who knows? Maybe after that, you're now uh, you find, oh, you know what? I can be single. Right. Because he does talk to widows. Yeah. And he, he's very clear at the end. He's like, death breaks the covenant. Yeah. Which is so cool. Like, death breaks the covenant if marriage. Mm-hmm. So when someone dies, now you're free to remarry mm-hmm. or stay single. And he's, he's saying, look, I think you all should stay single, but that's right. me. But then even if you're single for right now, enjoy it. Yes. Live it's, in that. That's the wisdom of and then Solomon. Until you uh, walk into, God leads you into, all right. Let's look at marriage and look at finding a, a spouse. Do you, do you know what's so cool about the death of Christ? Is that it breaks the covenant that we made with the law. Mm-hmm. The covenant which says if you break the law, you're cut apart from Christ. I mean from God. And Christ breaks the covenant with death yes. and then resurrects. Yes. So that that's really cool. Anyway, yeah, so, I just love the practicality mm-hmm. of Paul. And if you read him properly, you realize, oh man, he cares about the gospel. Yeah. He cares about the unity and he takes more seriously our unity in Christ as a church than anything else. And so he wants you to understand that and then work it out in marry, being married or being single. His advice, though, is, you know, if you're single, you have less to be anxious, less entanglement with the world. You're freer to move. You're like a kayak. More stuff done. When you're married, man, I'm married with three kids and moving and mobilizing and changing in life is like the Titanic moving around. Mm-hmm. It's like we got to prepare. Yeah. But when you're single, it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll go live there for a year. Mm-hmm. But then it gets even more, like the unity, he even drives deeper because he's answering their questions now. It sounds like their question is having to do with um, three things. We got, we got three issues. One is food is offered to idols. Mm-hmm. So in the marketplace, we're buying food that has been sacrificed to one of these 12 idol, idolatrous gods. People are eating in the temple because mm-hmm. that's what they used to do, and those are the restaurants. Right. And then the last one was... Um, what was the last idea? Oh, um, you're eating with unbelievers in their houses. Right. You're eating food, and you don't know if it was offered. Like, I don't want to go to your house, Matt, and you don't seem to care about this food being offered to Dionysus or some fertility god, but I do. I have and, a problem with that. And that was also a big thing for the uh, Jewish audience as well, yes. is they wouldn't even eat. Like, they would not eat at a non-Jew. Right. I mean, Peter struggles with this. Paul mm-hmm. has to call him out. Like, you're not eating with Gentiles anymore. Why? Well, I can't have table fellowship with people who are apart from God. No, remember? You saw yeah. the curtain come down, mm-hmm. and like, mm-hmm. you don't call unclean what I've called clean. And so uh, there's the Jewish side of it. But even within the Gentile side mm-hmm. of it, you have people who have been gloriously saved out of idolatry. So right. I've been gloriously saved. And now the thought of eating that meat, I'm like, I used to worship demonic stuff doing that. Right. How can you sit there and eat that, Matt? And then you're like, because I'm free in Christ. I'm like, mm-hmm. but that's not free, man. That guy, that thing's been offered to a demon. I'm praying for you, and I can't go to church with you anymore. Mm-hmm. And Paul is saying, okay, let's apply some wisdom to this. And right. his argument is pretty amazing. Yes. His argument. Yes. Do you want me to as go? As far keep as going? I understand if, where you're going with yes, it. Where is, I'm going. Uh, look, if it's going to mess someone up, like, remember, this is all about the unity of the mm-hmm. body of Christ. So you understand, if you understand that, oh, I'm with Christ and I'm free to eat these things and engage this stuff because they're offered up to empty gods anyways, that's awesome. Great. But if your freedom is hurting someone within your own church, then don't do it. And by hurting, we don't mean just like, oh, they don't like it. 
we mean it's challenging their faith. Like you're right. leading them into sin. Like their conscience, they feel like I made a vow. I, I made a decision not to eat that food anymore. Right. But then all my friends are. and But every time I eat it, I feel like uh, God doesn't want me to because it meant something yeah. more to me than it did to Matt. Right. Because I was really into worshiping yeah. uh, yeah. Athena or something. Yeah. And, and, I, and it had power over mm-hmm. me. And it's kind of stirring up these old power structures that I'm trying to break down. And I love Jesus now, yeah. and I can't do it with good conscience. And I don't know if I can hang out or eat with you guys or be part of this church anymore because of what's going on. And so Paul then has a great line about knowledge puffs up and love builds up. So his mm-hmm. argument is we are going to be driven by love for one another for the sake of the gospel, faith, mm-hmm. faith being established. And so I, I just, this verse, but if anyone loved, loves God, he is known by God. So he sets up like, stop dividing do you love God? Yeah, we all love God. Now you're known by God. Now, let me drop some knowledge on you. And he kind of does like the, out of the side of his mouth, look, to you all who are free to eat, I get it. These gods are fake. You're totally mature. You're right. There's one God. He's created everything. Yeah. I totally get it. You guys are right. And they're going, sweet. They're being a little bit puffed up. Mm-hmm. But then out of the other side of his mouth, he's like, but my brothers and sisters over here are really devastated by it. And we are about the faith we're mm-hmm. about the love of one another and uh he's like thus sinning against your brothers and wounding their conscience when it is weak you sin against christ yes. there it is again see like when when you hurt your brother it's not just you and your brother yeah it's the body of christ is being weakened here and we want it to be strength like you can have candy but your little seven-year-old can't have candy right now right because it's bad for their teeth it's bad for their habit like just so for the sake of the of the family, don't eat candy right now. Can you do that? And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I'll wait till they go to bed. I don't care. Yeah, because and and he gets down to like, because you eating food or not eating food yes. doesn't matter to God. God doesn't care. Right. If, That's what's so mind. But I just want to know the right answer. No, no, we don't. The right answer is love. Is what's best for the family, the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. I do have. Uh, it hits me again. Paul, I just think Paul is circling around this idea that faith is not a private matter, mm-hmm. which goes against our whole experience in America. It's absolutely private. Like yes. we aren't free to talk about it without, don't talk about this thing because it could offend somebody, but it's not private. Right. So your faith in my church, we partake of the body and blood right. of Christ. It matters. It does. And if you, I'm making you weak and it's weakening your conscience, that's weakening your ability to hear from the Lord Mm -hmm. and to love and to serve and to be a healthy part of the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. We need everyone hearing from God. And so sin is dulling, but we want to know what's sin. Is it a sin to eat that? And Paul, again, I just love, it's a complex argument. Mm -hmm. That's why it's hard for us to understand, but it's a mature argument. Like, hey, you can forego some food. And you know how I know you can forego some food? Because I'm a stinking apostle, man. Because of chapter 9, which, yes. again, I, I do feel like this is like an unfortunate division within the, the, the chapters. Yeah, no, it shouldn't be broken up, but it is for the it is for whatever. accessibility for modern readers. Right? But honestly, chapter 9, he is building off of the point. He's continuing yes. the conversation of chapter 8 very clearly. Am I not free? Yeah. I'm a stinking apostle. Mm-hmm. I'm more free than anybody, but look how I use my freedom. Mm-hmm. This is what's crazy. And I've never really heard anybody use this the way I'm hearing it now. I, I've, I've heard this passage to, mm-hmm. to validate why we pay pastors. Right. But, but it's kind of ironic because Paul's <laughs> saying, 
you should pay pastors. You should pay temple workers. In fact, Cephas, Peter is getting paid. Yes. And even a shepherd lives off the milk of his flock. Yeah. Even a, a vineyard grower lives off his crops. Like yes. absolutely 100%. Yet I don't take any money from you all. Because I know it's a stumbling block for you guys. Right. And it would put you guys in a crisis of faith. So I've given up my rights to make money from you. A living. A living off of you so you guys could hear and receive the gospel. There it is. I mean, Paul puts aside his rights to be supported financially by them and then receives, what, suspicion, anger, division? And so he's like, so I think you guys can put off eating some meat sacrificed to, a, right. to an idol for the... S- for the sake of your brothers. So Paul, in a beautiful turn of, I, I imagine, and I understand a little bit about rhetoric back then, he's mm-hmm. built this beautiful case where he becomes the example at the end of it, and he says, basically, I am the example of giving up my rights, and my right to be supported by you is, is actually easy for me because I love the gospel mm-hmm. so much, and it's way more than what I'm asking you to give up. Mm-hmm. It's a much bigger deal than eating and drinking. The gospel and, the, and faith in Christ is a much bigger deal than your freedom or rights. Do you get it? Mm-hmm. And that's where we end today. But again, you just see the heart of Paul. Like, and he's trying to get us to understand how united we are. We're united in the blood of Christ. We've become the body of Christ. So be tenderhearted and be kind. And you know, it's not even using the language of weaker and stronger. It's, I think, parent and child. Like, you're stronger than your child because you understand the dietary needs. You're stronger than your child, the weak person. What a weak person a Mm seven-year-old is who doesn't want to brush their teeth. No, you interact with love, and and you respect the conscience, and you respect the past that people come from. And sometimes you miss out on some really good meat in a really cool restaurant. Can you handle that for the sake of Christ? Yes. In this moment, I say, yes, I can. And then in the moment where I can't order that drink, and I start to resent, I realize maybe I'm the weak one. <laughs> oh no, oh no, I'm the weak one, right? Yes. So, thanks, Paul. Lord, help us. Today I'm going to read Psalm 96. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, the world is established and shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he comes. For he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness.
just seriously been fed by ravens. Go in peace and serve the Lord. We will talk to you next time.